Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, and Paul Hoynes is adrift somewhere in the ocean enjoying a well-deserved cruise. So, Hoynesy, ahoy! We'll chat with you when you get back to shore and uh, enjoy your trip out there. Uh, here we are. We've we've made it to late January in Cleveland. That means the temperatures are about as low as Corey Kluber's ERA and Jose Ramirez is trying to keep his batting helmet on just so that his ears stay warm. But we finally got a lot to get to this week. It's uh, It's been a pretty chilly hot stove season up till this point. There have been a lot of uh, free agent signings and a lot of big names are still out there. Not a lot's going on, but we're about 26 days from pitchers and catchers reporting to Goodyear, so so things are bound to start picking up, and and that really happened, uh, you know, last night at the as the Indians sort of put to bed the the final vestiges of the the 2017 season at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. Corey Kluber was uh, was named Professional Athlete of the Year over. He won the award over his teammate Jose Ramirez and LeBron James, of all people. Uh, you know, LeBron probably could win the award every year that, that he plays in Cleveland, but Corey Kluber winning uh, his second Cy Young uh, earned him that right and uh, very well-deserved honor, uh, 18 wins, uh, leading the league in, in ERA and, uh, you know, second in strikeouts. Uh, so later on we'll hear from Roberto Perez, his one of his catchers, who was was there at the ceremony to accept the award on Kluber's behalf. And we'll also hear from uh, from Terry Francona, who was there picking up the award for the best moment in Cleveland sports. Uh, that was that was in order to honor the, the team's 22-game winning streak. The Indians went on a, a sort of a winning binge there late in the season in August and September. As everybody remembers, uh, some of the, the really magical moments in that, that streak uh, we got to, uh, to talk to Francona and, and you'll hear the audio from that. Uh, after that, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up for the Indians, including Saturday's big tribe fest at the, the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland. And next week, big announcement coming from Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame. Uh, tribe slugger Jim Tomey is getting ready to get the call from Cooperstown. Uh, a lot of people think Tomey will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, a lot of us included. Uh, so up first, we've got Terry Francona. We got a chance to grab Terry when he was getting ready to go on stage to accept the Best Moment in Cleveland Sports Award. His uh, his acceptance res- uh, remarks they they showed uh, a little bit of fire. It was it was kind of unusual, you know. Uh, Francona's approach during the streak and when he talked about the streak was you know very low key, very much one day at a time, win the next game. Uh, win, win the game in front of you. Well, you know, he stepped out there Wednesday night and, and took the mic, and it was towards the end of the night, and it was pretty late, and people had been there uh, for, you know, three, four hours eating and, and drinking, and everybody was tired and wanted to go home. And I think Terry sort of recognized that, but uh, his remarks and the quote that he, he gave was along the lines of, uh, he guaranteed that the team would be back with a vengeance in 26 days when they get going in Goodyear. And, you know, that sort of struck all of us, uh, you know, in the, in the back room covering the event, uh, as you know, that, that, that's quotable. That's something that sort of lights a fire. If you're a player and you want to hear that, uh, coming back with a vengeance is the, the phrase that he used. So, so here's what Terry had to say about the 
the award honoring the team's win streak, and, and sort of what it meant to him when he looked back on it uh, at season's end and, and how he reflected on, on the winning streak uh, that, that earned the award for the Indians. What does it mean, first of all, and just what do you, as you look, I know you don't like to look back. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize, I honestly didn't realize at the time, I mean, what it meant to people. When I got back to Tucson this winter, more people were like, wow, you know, it was, it was amazing. Like, you know, I, I, I stopped what I was doing when you guys got to like 15 and I, you know, and it was pretty cool to hear that because when you're living, I mean, you heard me every day. It was like, hey, we're going to turn the page and move on. And we do that pretty good. So I don't know that I took the time to maybe enjoy it as much as I should have. Um, when you look back on it, it's pretty special. The fact that when it was happening, so many guys didn't get caught up in it and they didn't make it into a big deal, does that kind of speak to the, the high expectations and goals that you guys have kept in mind? I don't think it's just that. I just think it's the attitude that we've tried to instill that, hey, we play today and you turn the page and move on. And it's the best way to be a good team. And I think that it kind of proved itself out. I mean, that's a lot of turning the pages and winning. And, you know, then when we lost the game, we got right back on the, you know, it was the same, it was the same attitude as the day before. Let's go out and win a game. And they did it pretty well. Terry, what are your thoughts on the offseason you guys have had so far? Well, I mean, we've lost some pretty good players. We've lost Santana and Brian Shaw. You know, with uh, Jay Bruce signed with the Mets, so you know we we signed Yonder, which will certainly help us at first base. Um, there's still some of the winter to go. You know, we have some bullpen, you know, innings to replace. You know, losing Brian Shaw is you almost need a pitcher and a half. So we're not we're, we're not done yet, but. We're still a team that won 102 games, so I think we're in pretty good shape. Tough to say goodbye to Carlos? Yeah, yeah. I think he kind of grew on everybody, myself included. He uh, He's such a special kid. But you know what? He got rewarded. I mean, he got a lot of money. And sometimes we're not going to be that team to give the guy the next contract. we got to find the guys and get maybe give them their first one, but not the second one. You know, you guys done such a good job with um, you know, uh, Davis, uh, Jackson last year, now Upton. What do you what do you uh, what are you looking for from him? For who? From for up from Upton. Well, I think I mean he's going to get a really good opportunity in spring training, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he comes in and hits the ground running. And then I think people are going to be like, "Whoa, where'd they get that guy?" You know, there's always somebody every year. It would not surprise me if he comes in and does a great job. I'm really looking forward to watching him. Say with Corey being honored tonight, I mean, you have the whole staff, you know, virtually intact, minus Shaw going in. I know you never get comfortable with with pitching, but just how good of a feeling is it yeah, when you do have that? It staff? is. It is. Um, it's a lot easier to to appear smarter when you have good pitching, <laughs> and you know we got to keep our guys strong and healthy because they're the backbone of what we're trying to do, and. We don't take it for granted, but we we appreciate it and we enjoy it, and it's one of the reasons we think we can be good. Next up, we talked to Roberto Perez, who was there at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, to accept the Best Professional Athlete Award on behalf of Corey Kluber, who won the award after picking up his second Cy Young this year. And 
Uh, Perez sort of covered a bunch of different areas, uh, including talking about the Indians' upcoming series in Puerto Rico uh, this season when they're going to play the Twins and his excitement for that. Uh, He relayed a a story to us about how he's pretty much going to be playing those two games for free because of all the the tickets uh, that are requested through him for his friends and family that are down there and how exciting it'll be because a lot of his friends and family have, have never seen him play professional baseball in person uh, because they're, they're still down there in, in Puerto Rico and the recovery efforts that are, are still, you know, ongoing with uh, post hurricane Maria. Uh, we got him to talk about Kluber and his, his preparation and the way that, uh, you know, what he expects of Corey Kluber every time he goes out there. And it was, Interesting to hear some of his thoughts about uh, the the offseason that the tribe has had, the the departures, uh, notably Carlos Santana, Brian Shaw, uh, as well as you know what he expects. Uh, and he he talked about Yonder Alonso a little bit, and and you'll hear that. So here's Roberto Perez and what he had to say uh, prior to stepping out on stage for the uh, Greater Cleveland Sports Awards and the the best professional athlete that went to Corey Kluber. When Corey won his first Cy Young, Jan talked a lot about almost feeling like he won the Cy Young too. Do you kind of feel like that? You know, when something like this happens with Corey, you know, like you and Jan, were, it's almost an award for you guys as well? I think we, we take a lot of pride in what we do. Um, I mean, Kluber is a, he's a special guy. He got, he's, a, he's a guy that prepared prepare himself so well um, on a daily basis. A great teammate, um, funny guy, but uh, but yeah, I would say we we take we sometimes we we kind of think that um, that we get we deserve that, you know. Um, we we probably don't don't pay attention to those details, but um, all the time he's talking to us and, 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 and you know try to try to work together, you know, because we're always there. But uh, you know, John catch him most of the time um, but uh, but when I when I catch him you know I try to do my best I try to talk to Dan what he likes to do with him and I think uh, you know the last couple of years I've, I've gotten to know Kluber you know as a pitcher um, and it's been fun. From June 1st on once he came back from the disabled list he was about as unhittable as anybody just that run of four consecutive months like that just how, how impressive was that to watch? That, that was very impressive uh, I don't think you, you see a guy coming from an injury and deal, um, but uh, but he he worked so hard to be to be um, to be the the best pitcher, you know, uh, probably in the second second half. Um, but uh, you know, you I, I as a catcher, I expect a lot of big things from Kluber. Um, it's just the the way the way he prepared, you know, uh, he's so professional on his work ethic and. And uh, you know he deserves it. Does he make your job easier? Oh, pitching like that? Oh, of course. I mean, he he command all his pitches. Um, you know, all, every time he throws the ball, he throws it with conviction, and he doesn't shake a whole lot. You know, as a catcher, you you prepare yourself, you know, to to get that game plan for that game. And uh, I mean, we we just follow the game plan, and I mean, he's just. Uh, just a great pitcher. Everyone this offseason is kind of focused on guys that have left. You know, Carlos left. Jay Bruce signed somewhere else. Brian Shaw left. Who, what are your thoughts just on the team? You're coming back with the rotation still together. 
a lot of the same teams still good. Just what are your thoughts on the way the offseason's gone and what you guys have going into the spring? I think, uh, you know, um, I feel like we have a great team still. Um, I know I know Shaw has been, been great for us, you know, the last uh, four years, three or four years that he was here. I don't know how many years. But uh, um, and Santana, you know, we're going to miss the guy. But, you know, baseball is a business. And... And I feel like we still have a great team. We we gonna we gonna we have a chance to to win the the central division. Um, you know, it's gonna take more than than one guy um, to do Charles' you know uh, job. But uh, but at the end of the day, we just gotta we just gotta go out there and play the game the way we've been, we've been playing the, the last couple of years and and compete. What do you know about Yonder Alonso? Um, I don't know him a lot. Uh, all I know is, uh, you know, I've talked, I've talked to him in first base when I got in first base. But uh, he said he would, uh, he would love to play for us, you know, because uh, the atmosphere and the, the chemistry of this team, you know, was, was really good. And there was a bunch of uh, Latinos here also. So, uh, but that was that, that's about it. That was in first base, you know. Um, it's a long season, so every time you get to first base, you try to talk to the to the opponent. Is there any sense that you guys just really need to get healthy at the right time? It seems like the, the last two years that's been an issue, especially heading into October. You're just kind of looking forward to hopefully kind of finding your stride with some health? Of course, man. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs, you know, every year. Um, baseball is unpredictable, and, and you can get hurt now. You know, you can be healthy. You never know what's going to happen. Hopefully we we uh, we be healthy the whole year, and uh and uh, win the World Series. I think they're honoring the, the winning streak as well tonight. Mm-hmm. Just what did you take out of that personally? You guys would have liked to have had a winning streak in October, not a, not just in the season, but just what did you take from that experience? I, I really don't take anything away from that. I mean, we, we, we really played really good baseball. We had a monster year. I mean, great year. Um, but I mean, I wish we had that winning streak going towards the playoffs, you know. Uh, but uh, you know that that's baseball, and, and, and you gotta bring two sides, you know, win or lose. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, things didn't end up the way we wanted it. But at the end of the day, you know, that's why that's why we play baseball. And there's another another year, so hopefully, uh, 2018, um, we bring the championship. How much of the postseason did you watch with with all of the home runs that were being hit and the, and the you know the records being set with balls leaving the park? Was, was that exciting to watch at all? Um, you know what I heard about it because uh, once we got eliminated, I just uh, you know forgot about baseball a little bit. Just wanted to spend time with my my little kid. I have a one year old and a four year old, so um, kind of like uh, took two weeks off and then went back to work. Um, but uh, but I I heard it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, play of a lot of a lot of home runs and all that. So uh, I don't know. Your fellow uh, you, Carlos Correa hitting hitting a lot of home runs, being a you know significant part of that Astros run. You know, what was it like? You know, hearing about the success he had. Um, it, it was good. I mean, I'm very proud of him. Uh, he's uh, he's come from. From a really humble area, and uh, I was I was I was really really happy for him. I think we we have a group chat. We have a Puerto Rican group chat, and everybody <laughs> was talking about it. So uh, um, 
I uh, I wish him the best, and he had a great. He, he's gonna have a great career. Anything you can share from that Puerto Rican group chat or? <laughs> no, no not at all. I mean, uh, we were just support supporting you know the guys that were playing there. Um, you know, we had a uh, Alex Cora, where which is uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's gonna be the manager of the Rex just now, but he was a uh, our GM in the WBC. So uh, just uh, you know, we we wish them like good luck and. That's it, you know, keeping keeping in touch. All right. So, future plans after long after your baseball career. I know you did a uh, a stint with the Cavs radio. Uh, <laughs> you're in the broadcast booth. What was that experience like? What's uh, you see a future in, in in broadcast for you? No, not really. No, no. I uh, I'm gonna stick playing baseball, uh, and when I retire, I won't do anything. No, no. But I'm not. Uh, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but um, I just don't know the, the the basketball talk kind of thing, you know. So, uh, so you didn't have a catchphrase I, or anything like that? No. <laughs> no, maybe maybe if I go to school for that, maybe I will learn a little bit more. But now, um, but it, it was it was really fun. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, and, you know, yeah, uh, probably it was fun because two of uh, my favorite teams were playing, so... It was it was good game. What's, I mean, you talk about the Puerto Rican players and the group chat, but how much fun is it to be part of this young group that's coming up together? I mean, when you were kids, you had maybe the Alomars and the Molinas and Pudge, and now to have sort of so many young star power Puerto Rican players, how much pride do you take in sort of being a part of this group? Uh, I take a lot of pride, man. I think uh, baseball in Puerto Rico is, is, um, is going... It's going really well. I think guy. I think WBC last year um, get all the kids. That's what we want. You know, we we wanna we wanna take the game um, to Puerto Rico and, and have the little kids. You know, kind of like take take a look take a look to us and, and look up to us. You know, that's what that's what I mean. So um, we always talk, man. I, I it's fun. It's fun when when. When every Puerto Rican guy, or like Lindor, Correa, you know, Javier Baez, you know, they they uh, they have a good game. You know, we kind of talk about it. You know, we kind of like send a message to each each of us and, and kind of support. And that's that's what we need. I think we're we're very close. We're we're together. And uh, and uh, this Hurricane Maria Maria, you know, got us got us together again. So hopefully. Uh, um, all of us have great careers, and and we keep going. This is kind of strange to think about. Like when you were a kid, you look at Ivan Rodriguez and think, probably I want to be like that. And to think that there might be a kid in the stand looking at you, thinking the same thing. Oh, of course. Um, I think when you, when I was younger, I I, I always looked up to um, Ivan Rodriguez um, when I was when I was a kid, um, and Sandy Alomar. Right. Yes. So. Uh, I, I always said I wanted to be a major league catcher, and uh, I want to be like Pudge. You know, had a great arm and you know, he could hit. And and now I look back and it's like you know that was that was that was my dream as a kid. Um, hopefully, uh, when I when I go out when I go out there to the field, I, I try to give my hundred um, percent and don't take it for granted. And uh, just show show the little kids that you know. That, I, that I'm from a humble area and and uh, that I'm here and everything is possible. So trying to 
that that's the message I I wanna I wanna give out. So when you're doing that, bro, how important is it to in your mind to be a good person off the field as well as a good baseball player when you know those kids idolize you? I mean, I it's kind of like I have kids, you know. Mm-hmm. I have kids, so I uh, I try to at home I try to raise my kids, you know. First thing I, I told him, you know, I want my kids to be uh, a good person, you know. Um, I think that's all it matters, you know, because you, you can be a great baseball player or a great athlete, but if, you, if you're if you a bad person, that, that you know, that, that can be happening. So, um, like I said, I take a lot of pride. I, uh, where I'm from, I, I uh, you know, we, I struggled when I was, when I was a kid, and and every time, every time I I'm, I'm at home and I see a little kid, I try to help him out because uh, I think, uh, like I always say, you know, my mom raised me. She was both my mom and, and dad, and and uh, we went through a lot. So I, I don't want kids, you know, going through what, what I what I went through. All right, that brings us to what's ahead for the Cleveland Indians and their fans. Uh, upcoming this week and in the weeks to follow. Uh, Saturday morning is the big Tribe Fest. I believe it's the sixth annual. And this year, the the big news and the big sort of development with that is the move to the new location, the new venue, the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland. Spoke to Joel Hammond, who's a, a communications director uh, for the Indians, uh, last week. And he spoke uh, about how excited the organization is to move this event for the fans to a venue where they've got literally 10 times the the amount of space that they had at the previous locations. This isn't just an opportunity to to stand in line and get autographs from players. Of course, there's going to be that. Uh, This is a chance for you to bring your family, bring your kids out to the convention center and really experience all of the 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 games and the attractions and the the interaction with the players as well uh there's going to be you know 10 times more interaction uh, opportunities for especially for the young fans and the 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 kids they're going to have a, a completely separate kids stage you know slider and the hot dogs will be there uh there'll be a magician and all sorts of other acts for the kids on the the side stage. They'll have the main stage like they've had in the last couple of years where, you know, Terry Francona and a lot of the players will step up and play silly games with uh with fans and, you know, Pictionary or uh those kinds of games, the 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 really fun interactive games there. But they're also going to have enough space to have a ninety by ninety by ninety by ninety foot actual baseball diamond where the Cleveland Indians youth uh, programs director Matt Cada uh, and his staff, and along with some of the players, are going to be involved in doing you know doing demonstrations and, and interacting with fans. There, uh, you're not you're not necessarily playing baseball, but you're you're stepping out onto a an area where there's a, a diamond, and they can show you you know uh, running, throwing, you know those, those kinds of things. Uh, there will be batting cages and uh, you know speed pitch and you know all sorts of skill challenges as well uh the apl will be there uh so there will be there will be puppies and dogs and all sorts of uh animals off in a corner that you can 
you can go and take pictures with and pet. Um, and, and really just the opportunity to be there and be around as many of the players as possible. It's going to be expanded from, uh, years past where, uh, the, the players were sort of ushered in and out and, uh, sort of kept, uh, away from the, the big crowds. Uh, you'll be able to, to, you know, have an opportunity to take pictures of and with Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, all your favorite Indians, uh, they will be there. So really looking forward to uh, getting the fan reaction to Tribe Fest this year and its, its increased offerings and, and what's available there. I know the Indians are very excited to, uh, to go to that venue and, and really sort of, just, it's like a turtle moving into a bigger shell. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, beyond that, next week, Major League Baseball and the uh, Hall of Fame in Cooperstown will be making their announcement on Wednesday, I believe, uh, beyond Major League Baseball Network, and Jim Tomey and Omar Vizquel, two legendary Indians from the, the Jacobs Field era, uh, are on the ballot. From what we're seeing, uh, the early returns of the ballots that have been made public, uh, Jim Tomey is is looking good for uh, being on that list of guys who make it. Uh, it would be a, a truly an honor for a guy who's got 612 home runs. Uh, he's a, a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. So we'll be watching and anticipating Jim Tomey and the announcement of, of him reaching the Hall of Fame. Omar Vizquel is a, a, a guy who, you know, is one of those guys who's being debated a lot. Uh, I think he's going to get enough mentions, enough, he's going to appear on enough ballots to to be there next year as well and, and continue. Uh, I personally, and, and I know Paul Hoynes agrees with me, uh, I don't know how you can keep him out. Omar Vizquel was hands down the best defensive player that, stepped on the diamond every game he played. So keeping Omar Vizquel, uh, defense is 50% of the game or, you know, a third of the game if you want to look at it with pitching. Uh, You can't deny that Omar Vizquel was the best defense. He was an elite shortstop. He was the best defensive player on the field every time he stepped out there. Uh, He nearly had 3,000 hits. He played for 24 seasons. Uh, longevity counts in, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you were good enough to be on a major league roster for 24 years. You you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Omar should be eventually elected. Uh, don't understand why why the the early returns don't have him higher up, but you know I guess some guys just get debated uh, for a few years. Hopefully that that turns you know at some point. So that's where we are right now. The uh, 2017 season put to bed with the sort of the final awards there uh, this week for the Indians. And looking forward to, we're about a month away from getting started in Goodyear. Uh, the, the Indians players who will be at Tribe Fest are in town or getting to town now. And we will have an opportunity to talk to them later on this week. So next week's podcast is going to be full of interviews with 
guys like Ramirez and Lindor will will finally get a chance to to speak with Yonder Alonso in person and and sort of get to know his feelings on uh, coming to Cleveland. And uh, of course, we'll have Terry Francona's thoughts as well. So until that time, we will talk to you again on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>